Hello everybody, welcome to The Coaching Conversation. I'm Graham Wiley and I've been coaching business leaders for the last two decades. In this series, we're going to explore some of the things I've seen and learned in that two decades and hopefully help you see how you can become more focused, more effective and hopefully happier in your life. So, it's now time to sit back, relax and enjoy The Coaching Conversation. Hello everybody and welcome to this very seasonal edition of The Coaching Conversation. As you can see, The Coaching Conversation studio is fully made up for the festivities and we're all good to go. And for this edition, I'm really pleased to welcome my friend Jed Hassett to talk through what we found 2021 to have been. So without any more ado, can I just invite Jed to tell the audience a bit about himself and his work and the clients that he works with. Well, um, morning, Graham, and uh, seasonal festive greetings to everyone in one and all. Um, thank you very much for uh, inviting me here today. Um, I am an executive coach. I work with uh, high growth uh, business leaders, uh, basically to help them establish their vision uh, for their companies and ultimately to help them achieve uh, that vision. Um, many and varied clients have I uh, worked with, uh, from uh, professional service organizations through to undertakers and uh, theme parks. So many and varied. Wow. Yes. Uh, <laughs> never let it be said that I specialize in any particular service area. Manufacturing, not so much, but service areas. I want to know you get a referral from an undertaker to a theme park or the other way around. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we, have, we don't have long enough, actually, Graham, but I'll tell you one time. Um, this edition really is a reflection on 2021. and it, it can't be anything other than the most extraordinary business year in living memory, can it? Yeah. It's the, the confluence of three enormous events in, in, in one year all at the same time, so... Clearly, we've had the backdrop of the pandemic. Brexit's effect is really beginning to get to take some kind of impact on everybody. Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, all our consciences got pricked with COP26 and the importance of the environment and our roles as, as business leaders in that challenge has all come to the fore. And clearly setting the scene for that just to get more and more so as we go forward. So 2021 has been one of the most challenging years for our clients. And what are the sorts of things that you found with your clients? What, what are the challenges they face? Okay. Um, well, uh, as you say, um, I think that there have been a number. But um, one of the things that I've reflected on that our clients have been challenged with uh, has been this working from home uh, piece. Um, now, at one level, uh, there was absolutely no alternative because one of my clients uh, just had could not open, full stop. So zero income. And uh, what could he do to uh, try and get at least some cash into the cash register? And uh, he was quite uh, innovative and creative in, in what he decided to do. And he was able to uh, generate at least some uh, cash through encouraging his colleagues to work from home. Yes, there was some furlough, um, but it was this level of creativity. And so what um, uh, struck me most was 
Um, I did a I did a poll amongst uh, some clients. They were in um, the um, professional service uh, area, and um, I asked about seventy five. Uh, well, not about actually seventy five <laughs> people um, whether working from home had had a positive, neutral, or negative impact. And it really surprised me that only nine percent of those seventy five uh, said it had a negative impact wow. on their on their business. So that suggests to me that yes, working from home has its challenges, and I'm sure we, we may well touch on them a bit later on. But but actually, for people who uh, realize that um, they can do things differently in their organization, that they, there are other ways to operate than the ways that they have always operated, then they can still be successful. And, you know, that negative uh, 9% really surprised me. Um, and, you know, profits have flown as a consequence. Now, I'm not for one moment suggesting that what we need is a good pandemic, far from it. But by the same token, it does demonstrate that um, if you've got a really strong management team that are able to think differently to say, okay, then this is a challenge, let's make it into an opportunity, that is absolutely critical to be able to cope with pretty much whatever uh, life and business uh, throws at us, which of course can be many and varied. Yeah, the thing is, the, the effect of the pandemic is, is really testing everybody in the sense that it's happened, it's immovable, you can't change it as an individual business or a mm. business leader. You've just got to deal with the fallout and the consequences as it directly impacts you. And working from home was, was one aspect. Another aspect is that combined with Brexit, it's created a very large hole in the workforce. Potentially yeah. a million people have, have left the UK workforce in yeah. the last 18 months. Yeah. Have any of your clients been struggling with finding talent, keeping talent? Oh, absolutely. Um, from uh, across, pretty much across the board. Um, the, the, the leisure business that I referred to a few moments ago, it has a, a core of full-time uh, employees and then its, its numbers swell um, uh, to pretty much four or five times the full-time right. uh, number uh, when they uh, open. And getting people uh, to um, come and work on a, a seasonal basis has been horrendous for that particular business. Again, the ability to adapt, the ability to think about, well, what is it that would attract somebody uh, to working for us um, has come to the fore. And uh, th this idea about, um, we, we, we're quite familiar with um, having a, uh, being able to answer uh, to prospective customers, clients, um, why should you buy from us? Um, but if we put it on its head, um, the business then had to say, well, why should an employee come and um, work with us? What's the employee value proposition? And so a number of my clients have been working on that conundrum and saying, how can we make ourselves valuable to a potential employee? Oh, and by the way, it's not necessarily about money. Mm. Of course, money is important. Um, but the ability to understand what's important to a potential employee um, in their lives. So um, they might be nest building. 
they might be so income is really important they might be um, having uh, raising a family and therefore the flexibility to be able to work from home or not as the case may be becomes really really important as part of that ability to attract the talent. Um, so flexibility as the employer yeah. has been the key word. You used the word adapt, but that also means changing your mindset around the relationship you're yeah. going to have. Yeah. It strikes me that one of the lessons that some of my clients have seen in this particular uh, subject is that the boot is now on the other foot. And if you want to retain talent, if you want to attract talent, you're the one who, as the employer who's got to do the work. You've got to make a convincing case to them that you are going to be able to meet their expectation fully and well. And that's been quite difficult for some of my clients because we've had decades of not necessarily needing to do that. And the the feeling that they should uh, in some way give up this authority has been a challenge. The other aspect is it does, it actually can cause some quite nasty, unexpected consequences with, with HR law because you can't obviously discriminate between employees doing similar work. Mm. And so if you bring new people in on substantially different pay scales, that's a problem. If you bring them on significantly different terms and conditions, you can unlock a Pandora's box of problems that you really weren't intending. Yes. So what we found, and I think it mirrors exactly what you said, is the more creative, the more flexible, the more prepared to do something differently with employees is making progress. But you've got to see it as much through their lens as, as your own. Uh, absolutely. And uh, another element to that, I would argue, is um, leaders have developed their careers up to this point and uh, Quite often, um, they have been uh, looked up to, um, and the expectation has been that they are uh, the ones who will guide and who will, dare I say, control the organisation. So we've got a, a body of of people who have learned how to lead from a, a relatively stable uh, situation where the expectation is that they do exactly that. Yeah. Now we find that to be really effective in uh, this uncertain world in which we uh, now uh, live is that uh, we need a more agile and a more uh, flexible networked approach where leaders certainly give direction, but their traditional, if you will, command and control type uh, attitudes and ways of operating are just not effective. Mm. And they, they aren't able to be sufficiently agile, there's that word again, um, to be able to cope with what is being thrown at them. But individually within networks, and we all know about social networks, the, the LinkedIn, the Facebook, etc., etc., etc. it's exactly the same in business. Those power of networks to be able to solve problems and deliver value to customers mm-hmm. is absolutely critical. And it can't rely on the traditional top-down to uh, flow and cascade of information necessarily. And moving on the subject, perhaps towards the impact of Brexit, have, have mm. any of your clients found Brexit a challenge or an opportunity? 
Um, more so an, a, a challenge just at the moment, um, uh, trying to encourage people to think of them in the opportunity can take a bit of, of skill. Um, so for example, uh, I've got one client uh, whose cost base is increasingly uh, being challenged, um, not least because some of their uh, manufacturing uh, facilities are in China. Um, and so the transportation, for, you know, logistics costs have gone through the roof. Um, and what they're also finding is that um, uh, their ability to um, uh, apply price increases to their own products is limited uh, contractually. And so they're certainly being squeezed. Um, and uh, the cost base generally is going up Maybe not to not at the at the top of the organisation, but certainly um, in, in the middle and and towards the bottom of the organisation. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, how to convert? It's, it's all right, Jed. They say um, we know that you want us to encourage and think about opportunities, but what part of increased costs and being <laughs> margins being squeezed do you not understand? So it is a bit of a challenge for us coaches to say, yeah, but it's an opportunity. Let's think about it. So you just have to <laughs> temper it as well. Yeah, we personally had direct exposure to clients whose whose European markets had quite literally evaporated. Mm. Um, either because the paperwork and logistics prohibits them physically moving goods, or because that they're no longer able to service their customers, partly because of pandemic, partly because yeah. of um, the Brexit regulations. And I've seen a number of very innovative solutions to keep some form of show on the road. Mm. So uh, one of the clients who brought a lot of product in from Spain is now bringing it directly from Morocco. So it's a ship from Morocco to the UK as opposed to a truck from Mm. Spain, Mm. where the paperwork is no different to what it was pre-Brexit because it's from Morocco. I've seen another client who sends about 25% of their production into mainland Europe simply unable to get through the ports, particularly France, but not exclusively. And so they found innovative ways of getting their product into Germany uh, and to Eastern uh, Europe by moving the product into Sweden and then from Sweden into Denmark and then down through into the mainland. And so by finding new routes, which aren't cheap, they're not necessarily Mm, mm. an economic decision here, but they've found routes of keeping customers satisfied yeah one of the really strange things is some of the regulations that were in place pre-brexit particularly for exporting to places like russia were on the basis of being a member of the eu no we're not a Mm. member of the eu any of that previous documentation is now unacceptable to the russians which i I can understand but we don't have in place replacement documents so that market yeah, is yeah. is closed unless you can move it to the product to europe and then from europe into um, the russian federation yeah so there have been some very serious challenges from our clients following brexit but they are definitely being hit by it but they are doing their best to mitigate or to find creative solutions that's that's been my experience yeah. And we, we may well be, uh, we'll talk about 2022 in another edition, but we may well be finding that later in uh, months to come, the problem worsens before it gets better with more regulations coming. And so just finally, COP26, what do you think that, that's meant or is going to mean in the short term for many of us? Well, um, 
I think, uh, like anything, it's it's the reaction to the business community will follow a bell curve. Some people will be in the in the vanguard and see it as really important. And I could even link it back to the topic, one of the topics we've just been talking about, namely the acquisition of talent. Um, so uh, for some, it's going to mean uh, being very clear about the values and the purpose of their organisation and the, the clarity with which they are, are able to explain how they are going to deal with uh, COP26 in their uh, own way. Um, may well not only uh, uh, give dividends in terms of financial performance, but also enable them to acquire talent, mm. because you know this, these issues are increasingly important to the talented uh, labour pool that is coming into the market yeah. um, uh, at the moment. I have to say, at, at other ends uh, of the, the spectrum, um, people. I was uh, in a workshop yesterday. And uh, COP26. Now I'm I'm very clear. I'm operating in this geographically very tight uh, market, and at the moment I don't need to bother. Okay. Um, but you know clearly that isn't a sustainable position in the in the medium term. But you know in the in the in the short term they can probably get away with it. Um, longer term uh, though, over the next what five ten years. Increasingly, I think uh, that there are going to be financial implications uh, from, from an accounting point of view in the sense of trying to understand the liabilities associated with probably the larger organizations in the first instance, you know, what those financial liabilities are as a consequence of having to offset their carbon yeah. uh, exposure and what that is going to do to their balance sheet and hence their ability to raise finance. But that's probably um, further down the track than f uh, uh, for most, but certainly that's going to have a, a substantial impact, uh, at least initially, on the larger organisations. Moving on perhaps to a more positive perspective, one of the strange things of 2021 is the amount of success I've seen clients mm. have. And despite all of the challenges, a number of my clients have been, well, having record years, I can't put it any other way. And... They, they seem almost embarrassed, if not mm. nervous, about celebrating success. Are, are, are your clients good at celebrating success? Um, I can think of one particular one who um, celebrates, uh, or is currently celebrating, um, by buying a, a property in Spain. <laughs> uh, that was his response uh, to the, uh, if you will, the windfall um, that, that came. Because as you say, uh, some people have done really well. Um, I think more often than not, uh, you know, leaders can be very driven individuals, as, as we know, and um, uh, they they just strive continually to the next, to the next goal, to the next goal. Um, and it's it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes to go, hold on a minute, let's just reflect mm. upon what it is that you've actually managed to achieve, um, especially in the light of the challenges that we've been talking about. Um, so I'm working with a, a, a company at the moment and uh, a windfall is probably the best way to describe uh, they are in uh, medical device uh, distribution and lo and behold uh, their, their results uh, this, this past year have been phenomenal yeah. uh, and so the really nice uh, challenge that they've got is to go okay then we don't want to go back 
to the run rate that we had before the windfall. Uh, so what are we going to do? And uh, ask me on Friday and I'll let you know what the outcome of their planning <laughs> session uh, is. But uh, it's a really nice, uh, nice problem to have. I've, I've found um, it's very important for clients, particularly those that have, have slogged through 2021, mm. that they've taken the time to thank their staff, celebrate with their staff, really recognise the successes that they have had, not just the windfalls, but you know, we worked hard for this, we, we did meet the challenge and we, we have done it, and, and to thank them, and, and again, this is a thank you, not, not a monetary benefit necessarily, though that's obviously part of it, it's a matter of actually getting people to feel appreciated for what has been, on every level, yeah. a difficult, very long year. Yeah, and and if this brings things back to where we started, um, we mentioned working from home, and one of the better examples of how people have coped with that is that leaders, managers have kept in very close contact. The, the well managed, well led organisations have very well um, contact uh, with their their colleagues, and now that we're sort of hopefully uh, getting back to in inverted commas more normal. Uh, working that habit has continued right you know so people are checking in more often and people are able to to say thank you very much uh yeah. informally not waiting for the appraisals the yeah. formal appraisal. thank you very much Graham. that was a great piece of work um the client was really uh, appreciative etc et in an informal just tell me how i'm doing and mm-hmm. and that ability to check in on a regular basis is really powerful that leads me on to the next subject. I think in 2021, it's become totally acceptable to speak out loud about mental health, about well-being, and it's not seen as a, a sign of weakness or failure. And indeed, employers have embraced this and uh, encouraged their staff to share their problems and see what can be done to help each other. Mm. What What have you seen as best practice in in your client base, if I may, these sorts of matters? It, I can I think of one particular uh, client in the professional service uh, area where um, in the good old days, not, um, the way that uh, people viewed success was to pretty much work all hours sent. And now, as a result of all the challenges that we've been talking about, they've actually realized that a balance uh, of, of life and work-life balance, oh no, not that again, but it's so true. Mm. You know, the ability to turn off uh, your screen and to um, not send emails to colleagues who then think that, oh, I need to respond. And even even Microsoft have got into the, uh, into the act. I don't know whether you've uh, seen recently that Outlook sends... Uh, a little message at the top of the screen saying, do think about uh, yeah. it when you compose this email, whether you're going to send it. And, and so it's absolutely critical not to put pressure uh, uh, on, on on colleagues. Uh, you know, right through to, you know, some organisations I know um, have pretty much thrown out, not so much the rule book, but the traditional way of operating, but where they're saying, here are the objectives. So long as you achieve the objectives, how you do that and when you do that, it's entirely up to you. If you if you prefer to work at three o'clock in the morning, so long as the mental health is there, then fine. You can then take, you know, 
two, three, four months off. It's entirely up to you. But that is also a really interesting way of um, how the market seems to be moving. Certainly, it's not relevant for everybody. But uh, some people have been quite creative in saying, okay, then, uh, you, you, so long as you de deliver the objectives, um, then uh, how you do it, it's entirely up to you. Clearly, yeah. as long as it's ethical and legal, all that kind of stuff. I think it's been interesting because it's so easy for working from home to turn into living at work. You, mm. You've actually mm. got to have this balance. Yeah. And employers have got to respect it. And I think, in, in my experience, it's been a learning curve. There's been a, a build-up of trust, people being out of sight, out of mind, and, and feeling if I can't watch them every day, I don't know they're doing what I'm supposed to be doing or yeah. when they're supposed to be doing it. Yeah. And there's been a situation where they've been uh, employers have been feeling that they need to have some kind of technology solution to that, tracking people's on time and all this sort of stuff and I think we've moved through that phase and we've come out the other end and people are saying you're a responsible individual I trust you with my work you get it done the way is best for you provided yeah. it meets all the other criteria for our customers yeah. and, and the rest of the team yeah. and I think we have matured as, a, as, a, as a, um, a management population for that the other aspect that I think is we are now beginning to see clients work out what the new regime is beginning to look like, and it isn't 100% at home. Yeah. There's got to be a social interaction. Yeah. There's got yeah. to be part of an organisation. You've got to you've got to feel that you're in a team of some kind. You've yeah. got a relationship with them. You're not just isolated at home and it's all Zoom or email or whatever. And I think that maturity is coming, and I and I, and I see signs of that. I have one particular client who who had big savings and productivity gains in terms of people working from home and not losing time commuting and so on. But they started to lose the esprit de corps. They started to lose the um, spontaneous combustion of the exchange of ideas. Yeah. And, and so they've moved back to, and I don't think hybrid's the right kind of word, they've moved back to a more blended situation yeah. where people want to and do go to the office or in this context, a studio, and work together and collaborate and then go home, whatever. But but the nine to five of all of that's gone for all the children. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. So as we come to the end of 2021, mm -hmm. what do you think are the big things for your clients going into 2022? What, what, what will they be thinking about other than Turkey, do you think? <laughs> um. I think that uh, the, the principal challenge um, is this piece about how, how do we create and manage and develop this level of trust. You, you, you mentioned it a few moments ago, um, and it's absolutely critical. It's about how we lead this organization, the element of trust that we have, um, hopefully with all uh, employees and colleagues that we have in our organizations but trying to challenge the existing way in which um, you know we have to check up on somebody um, you know are they here I have a client who who you know gets people to check in check out facial recognition software this that and the other actually so long as they are doing the job and the customers are ecstatic in the experience that they get then does it matter but the starting point, I think, and the thing that I continue to encourage people to think about is you took somebody on, 
implicitly trusting them. When they joined your organization, um, you didn't um, uh, hire somebody and say, well, I don't actually trust you, but I'm going to give you a job anyway. There was this implicit trust in the person to whom you've given the, the, the job. So let's continue with that level of trust and prove it and and give treat people as adults. There's that phrase again. Uh, and that is a consistent conversation that I'm having with, with my clients about trusting people. And you know what? When people feel trusted, they're going to perform that yeah, much better. They do. They do. For, for me, one of the things, trends I'm beginning to see, and, and, and we're, we're recording this session at a point where the Omicron variant is beginning to uh, cast doubt and fear and, mm. and uncertainty again, is... As we go into 2022, the thought that COVID was going to be behind us, the thought that we were going to mm-hmm. go back to some kind of normality, is probably dawning on people that, do you know what? 2022 could look awfully like 2021 with all sorts of uncertainties. And therefore, perhaps this is our new norm. Perhaps this is our new world. We're going to live in a, in a world of greater uncertainty than we're used to. And... As we've seen, and as we talked about earlier, the agile performers in our client bases, the, the adaptable people, will thrive. Yeah, absolutely. So, looking ahead, December the 25th, mm. what does Christmas look like in Jed's house? Carnage <laughs> uh, is the one word that I would use. Um, we're just about to take delivery of an eight-week-old puppy. Wow. So... Anything is likely to to happen. Um, I hope it doesn't get the turkey. (laughs) Uh, But you never know. Uh, So it will be carnage. Um, And we're in the process of making the the house as dog-proof and as dog-friendly as we can. But it will be interesting. Watch this space. Absolutely. So you are unwrapping the dog on Christmas Day. Is that the plan? Yeah, yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) what's what's left of the presents? Um, They certainly won't be left under the tree um, within uh, within, uh, chewing distance. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Jed, thanks very much for your time. It's a pleasure. Love to see you. And thank you for giving us and sharing your wisdom. Uh, Have a fabulous christmas thank you and we'll talk again in the new year i look forward to it graham all the very best to you take care that's it everybody that's the end of this edition of the coaching conversation and we'll see you in 2022 so there you have it the latest edition of the coaching conversation hope you found it interesting hope you found it useful you can find out more about our coaching programs at the executive mindset.co.uk if you want to reach out you can send me an email at the executive mindset at sagegreen.com. You can book a free 30 minute session at the executive mindset.co.uk, which will give you a really good feel for how coaching could help you. And if you've really enjoyed the session, do please rate us, do please give us a review. And nothing more for me to say other than see you next time.